More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Hour three of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Please do subscribe to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton podcast. Because we are, we have beaten as of today the Today Show, and Clay is very excited about that. I, as am I. I. Isn't that amazing? I just want us to one day, and I don't know when it's going to happen. I appreciate the loyalty the audience is already showing. I really want to kick the ass of the New York Times and NPR, who are right above us right now in the news category. We're one of the top twenty-five podcasts in America. Uh, one of the five biggest out there, but the daily for the New York Times. And this, whatever it is, their morning show for NPR. Yes. I'd like to kick those guys. Help, ass. help Clay and Buck crush the commies. <laughs> yes, by, by getting us ahead of them on the podcast uh, ranking. So even if you're listening on one of our uh, wonderful 400 plus radio affiliates, you can always subscribe to the podcast and then listen on demand if you miss something. Uh, so please do that for us whenever you get the chance. Big news story in the last hour that we covered in some detail here: Bill Cosby's. Sex assault conviction vacated by Pennsylvania's highest court. That's huge. I mean, that, that is a, a news bombshell, given that Cosby was perhaps the the either the first or the second, right? I, I think first or second most visible uh, target of the Me Too era as a, as a predator. I mean, he was targeted as a predator during that period in time. It was really Cosby and Weinstein were at the top of the list. I think you're 100% right about that. And uh, again, there is going to be an argument that Bill Cosby was wrongfully convicted. The data does not reflect that he didn't necessarily rape this one. Not innocent, but wrongfully convicted. Wrongfully convicted. And I, I think tomorrow... We probably can discuss this in even more detail. We had a lot of callers who want to weigh in. They still do. But I'm actually curious, Buck, to see how this story plays in the media. Because we talked a little bit, and we're going to talk a lot about this. To me, the great evil of the Democratic Party is identity politics. And for this purposes, you have a white woman who alleged that she was raped, got a conviction, and now a black man is able to use the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, thanks to his superior resources, to 
argue that the conviction should have never happened because, and this is an interesting political angle, the DA in 2005, who would later be in the second Donald Trump impeachment trial, the primary defender of Donald Trump, that DA back in 2005, he made the decision that there was not enough evidence to prosecute Bill Cosby, and then that led to the further uh, incrimination of himself by Bill Cosby responding to questions in a civil lawsuit. By the way, the DA at the time and Bill Cosby and the, the one who defended Trump at the second impeachment trial, Bruce Castor. So the fact that that would overlap and you would end up now with a guy in a significant role in the Bill Cosby case as well as a former defender of 45 is pretty wild and I'm curious to see how exactly this plays out because I think it's fair to say sometimes the phrase bombshell is overused, Buck, but Bill Cosby out of nowhere suddenly having his conviction vacated, the charges can never be brought again, and he's going to walk out of jail within the next, uh, maybe before this show ends today. We'll see whether Cosby speaks to the media, whether he claims vindication, and how, again, it's going to be covered. That is legitimately a bombshell. We have been lectured a lot in recent years, particularly under the Trump administration by the media, but but even still now uh, about the need for our sacred institutions to be upheld and protected. And the justice system has to be very near the top of that. You know, you've got the Constitution, you've got our our checks and balances, our system of government as envisioned by the founders, but our justice system is, is absolutely critical. And it's critical that people believe that it's operating as it should and that people's rights are respected and that it is not a partisan instrument that it is not a a system of of political domination that is often used i just bring this up because on the one hand you've got this cosby trial which is there's a different kind of politics involved there which was in the moment if you were a prosecutor in the me too era getting bill cosby was something that there was a lot of pressure to do because of perception publicly but there's also the Trump organization, which is still getting investigated. You know, we spoke to the president for an hour yesterday. That was, I mean, let's just, as an aside here, that was pretty In awesome. case you missed it, it was pretty go awesome. download the podcast. Yeah. It went really well. Pretty awesome. Yes. Lots of news stories about Everywhere, it. really. Yeah. I'm actually, ironically, reading right now, basically every media outlet in the country covered that interview. And the Trump organization and CFO Alan Weisselberg are expected, according to the Wall Street Journal here, just in the last hour, to be to be facing charges tomorrow. Now, I understand they'll probably have some way of making it seem like that's not a a partisan decision, but we all know it is, right? We, we all know that that Cy Vance, who's the district attorney in New York, that the people involved here, these are Democrats who are looking to make a statement to go after Republicans in this case. And and I understand these are very different kinds of cases and, and, and involving, you know, one is... Uh, you know, horrendous criminal conduct. The other one has to do with basically, uh, you know, bookkeeping in the case of, of the Trump organization. But it all goes down to we have to believe there has to be a belief that the justice system is fundamentally trying to be fair and that it is adhering to the rules and the principles that are set out in the justice system. And, you know, I think one of the problems you see continuously of the the progressive authoritarian left is that they because power is the one absolutely critical thing that they pursue above everything else 
They view the Justice Department and the, the system of justice we have, and particularly prosecutors' offices, as instruments of partisan warfare to be deployed whenever they see fit. And I think that pulls us apart in ways that are really damaging as a country. And and I think this case is emblematic of that in many ways, but in particular, the rise of Me Too, Buck. You mentioned, I think it's fair to say, Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby are probably the twin pillars to the extent that you had to point to two powerful people who have been torn down by the Me Too Both of those guys convicted. Jeffrey Epstein would be another one that I think a lot of people uh, think of when when that story emerges. To me, this represents how justice is influenced by external factors that have nothing to do with justice. And let me unpack that and explain it a bit. In 2005, Me Too hasn't happened. So the D.A., looks at the evidence, says this is going to be a really difficult conviction to get, which, by the way, he was correct about because the first trial is a mistrial. Later, they get a conviction. Not only the prosecutors, though, one of the reasons why justice is blind, Buck, is because we shouldn't be allowing external factors to influence guilt or innocence, right? If you see the scales of justice, Lady Justice is blind. Our juries are influenced, too. Me, too, The reason why I found it to be so heinous on so many levels was because as a lawyer, I am taught that all that matters are the facts, the facts, the facts. And when you're telling me that Brett Kavanaugh can't be on the Supreme Court because I have to hashtag believe all women, that is the exact opposite of what the judicial system should represent. You should never believe someone or significantly disbelieve someone because of their race, their gender, their ethnicity, their religion, their sexuality, whatever it might be, justice needs to be blind. And this is not a both sides issue in terms of the politics and, and partisan. And now I'm moving more toward the Trump organization prosecution, which is also a story in the last hour that is being being updated here. The Trump organization expected to be charged tomorrow. Really? For what? Oh, with, with some tax malfeasance. Yeah, trust me. All of a sudden, Trump has never been charged before with this tax malfeasance or his organization. But just into just after he leaves office as president and, and the, the libs have been screaming about how, you know, he's he's worse than Hitler for four years. Now he's being charged. I, I would just note that when there's a, a very important exercise that I ask all of you to do, uh, and it's think about in just recent memory, the high level criminal investigations and prosecutions of political figures that have occurred in this country and how many of them just happen to be Republicans versus how many of them were actually Democrats. The biggest one, of course, being the Russia collusion mess. That was effectively a criminal investigation of a sitting president based on a lie. So that's the weaponization of the Justice Department against a sitting president, which Donald Trump had to sit through. And that did hurt his administration just because the process was the punishment. But then even beyond that, I mean, Clay, Chris Christie, Bridgegate, any charges against him? No, but they ran with that for a long time. Rick Perry, when he was governor of Texas, any charges against him? No, but they said that he couldn't threaten to veto something. That was criminal abuse of of uh, of power. Scott Walker in Wisconsin, the John Doe investigations, trying to see if there was criminal collusion between a PAC and Walker's uh, gubernatorial campaign. Did they actually do anything wrong? No, but they made people under the John Doe laws incapable even talking about the dawn raids on their homes about that. You go down the list. Even the uh, former governor of, of Virginia, uh, Bob McDonald, they were trying to send his wife to prison for years, uh, federal prison. 
because he was hanging out with a rich businessman. Didn't take any official act on his behalf. You look at the list. I mean, Clay, is there a list of Democrats that have been treated? Ted Stevens, people are going to yell at me. Prosecutorial misconduct against Senator Ted Stevens to make him lose his reelection effort in Alaska. If that doesn't happen, by the way, if they don't bring that prosecution where they hid exculpatory evidence, this all came out. Do you have Obamacare fully the way you do now? Changes a lot, doesn't it? It changes a ton. And and I think what you're talking about, in particular with this Trump investigation, for anybody who has spent any sufficient time looking at the tax code, people think of the tax code as being sort of a scientific manner. You owe X number of dollars. You plug in your tax returns. When you're doing big corporate tax returns, the tax code is an art. By which I mean there are arguments you can make against, for, the way that you allocate dollars, the way that you move money around. I really genuinely believe this. If you are paying tax on millions of dollars a year, which a tiny fraction of people are, if you spent three years going over any organization's tax returns, you would be able to find something that you think is an inappropriate act that could be potentially criminal. And this is what they've said all the time, by the way. The NCAA basically is getting blown up tomorrow with athletes being able to get paid. But this is what they always said about the NCAA investigating your program in the world of college athletics. As soon as they show up on campus, they can find you breaking a rule. The IRS and the tax code in general is fundamentally broken. You give a prosecutor who wants to find a reason to charge somebody with a crime years to investigate, they're going to find, Buck, a crime to charge This somebody. is like the Soviet secret police director, Lavrenti Beria, saying, you show me the man, I'll show you the crime. Anybody yes. who understands the system or or that old, you know, you can get a, a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich, so to speak. There's a lot of ways to look at this. You know, we've got a couple of stories also to update you on, like Trump right now is at the border. We'll have some uh, some of his words from the border today. He's down there. We'll come back to that. Plus... A story where you've got Congress trying to move some statues. Clay is fired up about this one. So am I. So we have a packed third hour for you here, and we'll get to all of it in just a moment. Uh, the family dog we have is Tallulah. She's a French bulldog. She's adorable, but she's uh, getting up there. She's about 12 years old now. We want to keep her as healthy as long as we possibly can. That's why I decided that it was time to add Rough Greens into Tallulah's dog food. Because Rough Greens is a healthy supplement. You put it into your dog's food, and it adds all the live nutrients necessary for superior dog health. I mean, they've got 23 all-natural vitamins and minerals from fruits and vegetables like spinach, spirulina, blueberry, rice bran, blackberry, wheatgrass, and broccoli, plus 15 powerful strains of probiotics specific to dog gut health. Look, your dog can't make this decision for himself or herself, so you've got to make the call now to get Rough Greens added in so your dog is as healthy for as long as possible, feeling good, all that energy. We all love our dogs. The folks at Rough Greens are so confident your dog is going to be all about Rough Greens, they've worked out a special deal for our listeners. Go to roughgreens.com slash clay and buck, and they're going to give you the first bag free. That's right, free. Just cover the shipping, and your free bag of Rough Greens will be on its way to your home roughgreens.com that's r-u-f-f make sure you spell it that way roughgreens.com slash clay and buck for your free bag of rough greens still making the complex understandable clay travis and buck sexton break it down on the eib network 
Welcome back in. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Final hour, Wednesday edition. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Reacting to uh, live news that broke in the second hour of the program. Bill Cosby officially on his way out of prison. Simultaneously, Buck Sexton, we have got the President of the United States, formerly uh, 45 himself, who was on the show with us, if you happen to miss it, yesterday. Spent an entire hour with us, the second hour of the program. Encourage all of you to go download the podcast and listen to that. He was fantastic. If you haven't already, you can search out Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. He is down at the border today, and I believe we have a cut of Donald Trump at the border. I want to just thank the people of Texas because we won in a landslide. It wasn't even close. You know, they were saying, well, Texas is going to be close. I said, well, I'm in favor of oil. I'm in favor of God. And I'm in favor of guns. And they're not. And if you're in Texas and you don't like guns, God, and oil, I don't think you're going to do too well. And they didn't do too well. They didn't do well at all. They did poorly. But we did well. And we did well in other states, too. We did well in states that we lost. We did really well. Much better than we do. We got 12 million more votes than we got the first time. One of the media called up and they said, could I ask you, what was the difference between 16 and 20? They said, well, the big difference is we did much better in 20. And they thought about it. They said, you know, you're right. But uh, the vote counting was probably a little bit better for them in uh, 20 because what we've done was appreciated by the people. And we better get our elections straightened out because you're going to have a runaway country. You're going to have a a banana republic. You're going to have a third world country here pretty soon because our elections are a mess. Certainly the election in New York City is a mess, which everyone's admitting right now. And the president there at the border, I think, raising attention about something that Republicans should be much more on than they are, which is what what a mess the border is. And, and anyone who understands what's happening there will tell you that it is. And I, I believe the pr- uh, former president put out a statement, uh, uh, a written statement as well today, that it, it's the worst it's ever been. He told us that yesterday, Clay, on the show and th- this isn't really in the realm of judgment call anymore. There's data. There, there, there are numbers you can point to to suggest that the border is is de facto open or the most open it's ever been as long as somebody understands, as long as they essentially go through the cartel smuggling system and play this system once they get over onto our side of the border. And I think Republicans have to make a lot of um, – they, they have to make a, a big effort here – to raise this to the level of national attention that it deserves, it's a huge problem. And, and the, and this is directly caused, like so many other things, by the Biden administration and its policies. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any disaster, any doubt about that. And I'm curious to see several different things by the time we come back on the show tomorrow. How will Trump's trip to the border be covered? If at all, will it be covered aggressively? How will it be compared to Kamala Harris's visit to the border? And, This Bill Cosby story, will Cosby speak to the media as he leaves prison after a couple of years? Will he threaten to sue the the state of Pennsylvania? What's the number one story, Clay? Because you pointed this out to me. New York Times right now, number one story still is? The insurrection. The insurrection. I went because I was was curious how the New York Times was going to cover Bill Cosby because you've got these conflicting identities. Is Bill Cosby a wrongfully convicted black man or is he a rapist using his power to avoid having to serve his crime? How will that be played in the mainstream media? I want to know, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow. In the meantime, Tunnel to Towers Foundation helps us keep our commitment to never forget. This year, the Foundation's honoring Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young children and catastrophically injured veterans and first responders with 200 mortgage-free homes. Chairman and CEO Frank Siller is paying tribute to the fallen 
by walking from the Pentagon to Shanksville and on to ground zero, more than 500 miles through six states in 42 days, the month of August through 9-11. Towers of light are set to shine at the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials in remembrance. It is hard to believe that it has been 20 years, nearly, since 9-11. The names of those we lost to 9-11 related illnesses are also being read aloud at a ceremony on September 12th and on Veterans Day. The names of those we lost on the War on Terror will also be said out loud. Do good and help America to never forget. Donate $11 a month at Tunnel the Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck. He is Clay. We are ripping through the biggest stories of the day. And one of them that we mentioned earlier in the show had to do with 
defund the police, which Democrats are now trying to convince us they they didn't say or they didn't want. And maybe even Republicans wanted it, which is, of course, completely absurd. We have memories. We know that that's a lie. But sometimes the most effective lies, as far as the left is concerned, are the ones that are the most obvious kind of unbalances you. It makes you think that maybe maybe you're missing something. But there's something else, and that is you're not supposed to talk about crime in some of these cities. They'd much rather discuss, because they're Democrat-controlled cities, the social justice concerns. They'd much rather talk about what statues are where and things like that. And here's Rush talking about how when Trump was in office discussing Chicago, oh, that was a no-no when it comes to the gun violence uh, or the, the violence in that city. What are you not supposed to mention? You're not supposed to go to Chicago, and you're not supposed to talk about all the murders. 530 murders last year. You're not supposed to do it. You're not supposed to mention it. You're not supposed to talk about the inept Chicago Police Department. You're not supposed to talk about Chicago as a sanctuary city where they treat criminals in Chicago better than they treat law-abiding citizens. Trump just called them out on it, and he's getting practically standing ovations for it. In Chicago, he's standing up for the cops. He's standing up for the beat cops, the patrol cops, the detective. He's standing up for everybody on the street doing their jobs who are handcuffed by bureaucrats uh, who, of course, are obsessed by political correctness. You're not supposed to go to a Democrat stronghold like Chicago, and you're not supposed to call them out for their incompetence. And you're not supposed to call them out for their ineptitude. And you sure as heck are not supposed to talk about all the murders. And you're not supposed to say that Chicago has some of the most stringent gun control laws in the country, which are not working. You're not supposed to do that. Why are you not supposed to talk about the murders in Chicago? Why are you not supposed to talk about the neighborhoods those murders at? Why are you not supposed to mention this? Because you're not supposed to call out the left. You're not supposed to call out liberals. He is jamming political correctness down their throats. This has been fabulous. And it's true. You're not supposed to say these things, as Rush pointed out, Clay, the, the narrative will focus on whatever is best for the left, for the Democrat Party. And so that's how, even today, that big above-the-fold story on the insurrection, instead of what's actually happening in major cities across the country. You know, AOC, who often gets away with, I mean, you could even say that her brand is essentially saying incredibly stupid things and getting away with it over and over again. In fact, having many leftists cheer for her, she, with the it's hysteria to talk about crime in these cities, that didn't go over well. The Democrats are realizing this is a liability for their political aspirations of continued control of Congress and their continued control of the narrative overall. There's no doubt. And uh, we talked, by the way, about a couple of different subjects that we didn't end up getting into as much today. And I want to go ahead and let you know we are going to get into them tomorrow. Uh, in particular, the Democrats are trying to take out statues that they are not happy about uh, involving American history and the Civil War in particular. And people out there may not know this. I'm a bit of a Civil War history nerd, Buck. I actually went to Civil War history sleepaway camp, which my wife never fails to ridicule me for. Seriously. At Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. They have a uh, a yearly like Civil War Institute 
where they have every year a different aspect of the Civil War that they focus on. And as a 17-year-old, I went to Gettysburg College, great college, like right basically on the battlefield. And I spent a week up there at this uh, conference. And my wife is still, I think, shocked that she ever married me after finding out that I was that much of a Civil War nerd. So I'm coming to this I, I am, with bonafides in, I am, in spades. I am actually you're stunned. You're speechless. For a second, I was you're not speechless. A, I was not. You didn't know Civil one. War sleepaway camp even existed. Um, I, what would I your expectation have been of someone in high school who was at a Civil War sleepaway camp? I I'm still <laughs> processing right now. To be honest with you, that's a pretty. Re- did you guys do? Did you do the? You know, reenactment. I've never done the very, reenactment. That's a very popular yes. thing that people will. Still I've never do. done. Yeah, that, I, and I think that's interesting and cool and stuff like that. I'm not a camper. I don't enjoy being outside, other than being outside to go back inside. Like I'm fine. I, give me a good hike. Give me a good lake to swim in or whatever else. But the reason that I believe humanity has evolved is to have roofs over our head. Like I don't know. This is like people ask me all the time. They're like, "Oh, well, you used to, you know, you went all these crazy places in the CIA, yeah. and so you must be, you know, where are you going on vacation?" They're expecting me to say, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go to, you know, Papua New Guinea, or yeah. I'm, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go to Islamabad, 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 or you know, yeah. somewhere really exotic and cool and interesting. And I'm usually like, uh, I think there's a nice Four Seasons in Hawaii. Yeah. You know, like I have put aside the era. If I have to go to a place now where I have to take malaria pills or I can't drink the water out of the tap, I- I'm unhappy. Yeah, I-, I did that. I'm done with that. That that life. That's the the old buck, the I, adventurous buck. I will potentially, if my kids make a demand, sleep outside because they want to do it. If I were making choices in my life, I would by choice, I would never sleep outside for the rest of my life. But no, I've not done the, the the reenactment, but we did do the uh, the Civil War sleepaway camp. So I am fascinated Wait, can, by. Can I tell you the nerdiest yeah. camp? Since we're yeah, since what's we're the sharing, nerdiest camp that you since went we're to? sharing? Yes, trust tree. This is the trust tree. You, me, and a, a million or so of our closest friends, something like that. Um, I went to Bronx Zoo camp when I was a kid. Do you sleep at the camp? No, you don't stay there. So oh, it's, it's just a day, day camp. camp. Yeah. And I was maybe 8 or 9 years that old. That actually doesn't stun me. I mean, I I've always I've always loved animals. I've always thought I remember when I was a kid I couldn't spell animal conservationist in the first grade, but I I knew that's what I thought I wanted to be until I found out that's like a very tough way to make a living. Yeah. Marine but, biologist. But it, it, you know, it's nerdy, but I'll tell you it was actually cool cuz they would bring you would actually get to spend time with none of the, you know, I showed up and I was like, "Where's the Wolverine?" They're yeah. like, "No, no, no. You don't get to pet like wolverines yes here. but they would bring out i think i'm actually now it's like i'm going a time warp in my mind i think they might have introduced us to a pangolin at one point which was a uh, you had no who, idea who they had were no gonna, idea yeah. that, that was but they yeah, that we would spend time with the animals learning about the animals it was kind of like when they do the johnny carson thing and they bring on like a sloth. i always think that's cool yeah i mean sloths are amazing by the way so yeah I, I think that doesn't surprise me at all i think a lot of kids would be interested in zoo camp if they had the opportunity to go. No, Civil War camp is a next nah, level, I would I'm say. say. Yeah. That's a whole other, but you know, hey, you you love your history. I got a scholarship to that Civil War camp, not to brag or draw attention to myself. What, what? Okay, we, do we want to go to calls before we cuz we're going to get we're going to start really I'm going to I'll I'll reinforce the Civil War history camp as the bonafide tomorrow when I explain why I am so personally upset by this consistent obsession with tearing down statues and removing statues and trying to what I would call whitewash American history based on entirely the standards of 2020, 2021 America, as opposed to what's been the case for 
most of our history. One thing that I'm quite sure of is that none of the founders were woke enough when it comes to <laughs> the the trans agenda. I mean, you go yeah. through the whole list. You don't think George Washington was a big uh, big trans uh, nope. trans activist? I'm, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that he would have supported the uh, the power lifter who is now tr- competing against females. I'm just going to go out. So maybe George needs to be canceled on that on that basis alone. But we'll come and take some of your calls here in a minute. I know we've been saying we will. And please remember to go to clayandbuck.com. Stories from this show posted there. You're going to be updated on what we're thinking about, what we're reading, transcripts, clips, all that good stuff, clayandbuck.com. And if you haven't already, please follow me, uh, Buck Sexton, on Twitter and Facebook, and Clay Travis on Twitter and Facebook as well, because we're always uh, commenting, posting, and doing all that kind of stuff. In the meantime, I want you... To know about how my dad's doing with Relief Factor. He loves it. He's been taking it for weeks now. He's uh, over 70. He's a avid golfer. I mean, my dad... Is your dad a big golfer, by the way, Clay? Uh, you... No, he loves every sport, but never got into golf. My dad is all about, with all about golf. Has I he ever he, had a hole-in-one? I, I don't think so, but he falls... If, if he has a good day at the golf course, he's in a great mood. Yeah. You know, it's one of those. So he, But he's been avoiding pain and feeling so much better because of Relief Factor, really helping his golf game. Relief Factor is a 100% research-based formula that was created to help combat the root causes of inflammation. And you get that inflammation from exercise, overexertion, aging, and just day-to-day living. So that's why I want you to try Relief Factor now. About 70%, all right, this is something you need to know, 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to order more. In fact, uh, they want you to know as well that they are so confident Relief Factor will work for you. They've developed the three-week quick start pack at nineteen ninety-five for only ninety-five cents a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. Order your three-week quick start pack today. Again, nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com or call eight hundred five hundred eighty-three eighty-four. One more time, relieffactor.com or you can call. 1-800-500-8384 for your three quick three week quick start pack at 1995. I might be a little bit obsessed. I want to beat NPR and I want to beat the New York Times and the way we do that is by you guys subscribing to the podcast right now, Buck. We're a little bit behind them. I want all of our listeners out there, even though they just found out that I went to Civil War Sleepaway Camp to still like me and still like us and to help us beat the New York Times and NPR and go subscribe to the podcast. Maybe we could do segments on funky Swedish jazz play, (laughs) just like the NPR folks, and that will really get everybody downloading the podcast. I'm actually curious to see how NPR and the New York Times both play this Bill Cosby story. For those of you out there, we're finishing off the show. The story broke during the radio program. Bill Cosby being released from prison, the new, uh, this, uh, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court comes out with a decision saying that he should not have ever been prosecuted. Uh, we've talked a lot about that. We still have a ton of people who want to react. We will be following up on that story and more tomorrow. This guy's been waiting. Yeah, Jeff in Knoxville, has Tennessee, been waiting forever. Has been yes, the patience of a saint for sure. Uh, for sure, Jeff. Thank you so much for uh, staying with us. What's on your mind? Well, actually, while I've been waiting, several things have come up. Uh, I went to the Gettysburg uh, um, battlefield as well, and uh, I've had some comments about the NCAA because I'm a professional Santa Claus, and I went in to see Pat Summit at UT. Oh, that's awesome. I can give you some other information. But what's, that. You, you had, had, a, you had a Cosby, too. you had a Cosby thing you wanted to get to us. So tell us. That, that exactly. That was the first thing. In the late seventies, early eighties, I used to go to uh, Las Vegas on a regular basis, 
and stayed out at the hotel closest to Clark County Airport, which is the same hotel where Bill Cosby stayed. And I had breakfast with him on several occasions, actually lunch on two occasions. And uh, the fellow that I was working with played tennis with Bill Cosby. And so I got to see Bill on a regular basis. And he always had a cab waiting for him out front. Was he a nice guy? I mean, Jeff, we got to know the what's the what's the so what of your relationship with Bill Cosby? Fantastic. Uh, by no by no stretch of the imagination was I a personal friend of his. But I want to say that in essence, uh, I got a chance to see him uh, in all sorts of different uh, um, situations. And I had uh, uh, I went to the um, it went to the showroom down at Circus Circus, and uh, okay, he saw me in the bathroom. Jeff, I, Jeff, we appreciate it, Jeff. We got it because we got every we got every line lit. We thank you for waiting. We thank you for calling in. We're gonna take um, Dan in upstate New York, if we can. Dan, welcome to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton hey. show. Hey guys, great show. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So, so my thought about the the Supreme Court ruling today, this the Pennsylvania state is that for the last year and a half, AOC, the mod, the squad, Schumer, Pelosi, they've been trying to do one thing, send a message to this country, there is no rule. The critical race theory says throughout the Constitution, because they're a bunch of privileged white guys. And today's ruling was really undermined their entire position and said we are a country of rules and we have technicalities and you got to follow them. And if you don't, forget it, you're finished. And I think this was such a great statement. And don't misunderstand me. If he's guilty, he's going to get his due just like O.J. got his due. Rush said it on the day he was found innocent. Don't worry, O.J. will get it. What do you guys think? Uh, Look, I think that this is going to be fascinating to see how this plays out going forward. But ultimately, as a lawyer, we are a country of laws and Buck, you said it well, I think. You have to be able to rely when a district attorney tells you that they are not going to prosecute you, and you rely on that statement based on your future actions. I think Bill Cosby, based on the evidence, probably is guilty of rape. That doesn't mean that he's guilty under the existing framework of law. We believe as a country that a thousand innocent, uh, the guilty men should go free, then one innocent person go to jail. That's the way that our country is set up. And I would, I would add to that. When you think about something even like the statute of limitations, which is depending on the crust, some some have a federal statute of limitations can be five years, can be 10 years, or there can be no statute for things like murder. And, uh, but the reason we have a statute of limitations is that we understand that there will be times when a crime comes up and people may think someone may have committed it. But with so much passage of time, it effectively becomes for certain crimes very difficult to actually have a real defense, to be able to mount a defense against the state. So that's why there are sometimes when when they will say you're past the statute, even when the statute of limitations, even when people may, in fact, be believed to be likely guilty of something. That's a trade off. That's a system trade off that we make. And that can have you know huge consequences. It has had huge consequences in our legal system for a very long time. But Dan, thank you for calling it from upstate New York. Let's Play, go to Lori in South Carolina. I think this could be a good call to finish out <laughs> yeah. the show today. Lori, I don't know exactly the subject, but it looks like a good one to me. It's, it's my son was also a Civil War geek. 
That is fantastic. From, and he met a woman who was from Virginia, and when they were dating and he was driving her back home to visit her parents and stuff, he would sit there and tell her whatever historical marker said. All the way through Virginia, she was just amazed. And that impressed and led to, do you have any grandchildren now? Two. Two. There you we go. I don't know the Civil War whether they wanted to or not. <laughs> you know what? My, my last, thank you so much, Lloyd. Thank you, Lloyd. The last book, and my dad and I exchange books a lot. This is, we, we trade books back and forth and we talk about them. I just gave him the three series or the three volume Shelby Foot oh, Civil the War. The Civil War and Narrative he, is one of the greatest trilogies ever written in the history of nonfiction. He is ripping through oh, it. Oh, it's he's, unbelievable. He's had it for like a couple of months. He's already through book two, I think. He's on to three now. Loving it. So we'll have it, to- it is I, I'm glad you mentioned that. It got me all fired up. That is one of the best trilogies that has ever been written, period. Shelby Foote, The Civil War and Narrative, he's a masterful writer. You know this, Buck? I met Shelby Foote at a Civil War conference. I asked him for his autograph. I was 15 years old. Do you know what he said? I only sign books for close personal friends. He turned me down. Wow. I had my pen. I had my copy of his book, wow. and he wouldn't sign for a 15-year-old. Rough, rough stuff. Yeah. But it, didn't, it didn't deter Clay from keep it, keep it and all going here. Folks. Do download the Clay and Buck podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to it. Give us five stars. Go to clayandbuck.com for more stories. Tomorrow, we already have a full docket in mind for you. We will see you then. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.